0: and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Baska, and today I'm speaking with cinematographer Kim ji Young about his work on Park Chan-wook's new Oscar frontrunner, Decision to Leave, a neo-noir thriller that looks at a relationship of a most unusual kind. So first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this film. I absolutely adore everything that you were able to craft in terms of the vision of this film, but right. I wonder, first of all, how much was Vertigo a departure point for you, Hitchcock's Vertigo?
1: That really, I mean, I mean, obviously, we referenced so many old films we like, we loved. First thing we, when we talk, when you start to talk about the visual with Park Chan-wook, there was two keywords: old-fashioned and classical. So there are so many old classical films that we loved and we watched over and over, but didn't really have one specific Hmm. hmm, film that we referenced.
0: Your camera movements, though, are so lyrically beautiful in so many different places where you have clearly a very interesting grip situation where the dolly seems to be moving in a very vertigo-ish way, but you have the characters going in and out of scenes in imaginary ways. What was the most creative part of that process of coming up with the unique camera movements?
1: Unique camera movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although we are referencing referencing all these old classical films, when director and I we, when we make a shot list a scene, we always trying to find a way to do it differently. It was like we 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 made a list and then we, we look up again and we're like, can we do it like a little more differently? That was always the thing. Maybe that's why that's how we come up with this P O B of many subjects like cell phone and like dead body, dead fishes, TV monitors and all that. That was one good example, I think. And also this is like a mixture of the genre. Like this is police process important. And at the same time, this is romance genre. So the scene, big sequence in interrogation room when they first meet, and then the second time they meet in interrogation room, we start, to, this is really long, long sequence, start from day till night. So to make it that visually interesting, we made this little weird focus shift. Yeah. Uh, change of light from like cool daylight to warm after. In the night, when they eating sushi, I want to make it look like they date sequence. And later, night na- goes to night, and the like headlamp of the, the car passed by and makes make them look even more romantic. And the, at one moment, stuff like that, we try to find a way to emphasize the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's beautiful the way that you do emphasize those moments. It really is quite stunning. And I wondered also what kind of challenge was presented by the different kinds of textures that you're filming through as well, because there's so much emphasis on glass and reflections and fog and water. And I just wondered, what was the particular challenge that you faced with that?
1: Fog and rain was challenging because... No rain, I mean, you can use, I mean, there's movie rain, but you don't really want to see the rain when the sun is really high up and shine on the, our actors. But you can't really wait for the cloudy day. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. We shot, the, the, when they go to like Old Temple, mm-hmm. for kind of raining sequence, it was sunny days. But we had to shoot the raining scene. So we planned the schedule carefully. So we shot when the, we find the shadows. To mm-hmm. shoot the scene inside for the right timing, and another another thing is uh, the mist, big mist, the sequence in the beach in the end. Mm-hmm. With all the mist in the film is VFX. Really? Yeah, they're all VFX. But you can't just shoot and send 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 it to VFX too.
0: right, right. and
1: expect them to make great nice mystic scene. You have to give them good material. That there can't be any sun there. Direct yeah. thoughts, mm-hmm. but it's it is really hard to avoid direct sun in the beach. There's nowhere to hide.
0: Yeah. So, what was the trick to finding those shadows in the beach that seems so challenging? But, but, but
1: the, the tricky thing is, in the beach, we had to have sun and the mist together. It's like kind of like movie moment. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to make it too too sunny. I mean, it, it has to be beautiful anyway. Sun has to go low. It's almost in the horizon mm-hmm. and mist comes in as the sun sets. But, but we can't really shoot it in that moment. That, that doesn't last like two hours, three hours for days. day. But we have to finish this in three and a half days. And one of the locations is the other side of the peninsula. We had we shot in three beaches and mm-hmm. combined them together. Looks like one beach. And one of them is east side of Korea and the other two was west side of Korea. So we spent half day on the east side and the other three days in the west side. But we had to shoot from the early in the morning till the sunset. So in the while, I mean in the midpoint when sun is up high, we had to control the sun, we cut it or just try to shoot it when it's back late. And so, oh
0: yeah, that's schedule. that's clever. Yeah,
1: yeah. And another, another thing is, we couldn't bring any electricity down to the beach. It was, mm. it wasn't allowed, so wow. we couldn't do any lightings. So it's more about like, scheduling issues. So which moment we face this side of the sea, and at that time the other side. So make it looks like make it everything pretty much backlit. Mm-hmm. it's I mean. Yeah, except when the sun goes like right above the horizon, mm-hmm. and just before Sora dies, he has to have this sunlight on her face. Mm-hmm. So, except the moment, everything was pretty much backlit or covered mm, wow. with something to make good mist effect later.
0: Yeah, I also have a question about how you worked with sound because it seems to me that there are such tremendous moments where the visual and sound cues work together so specifically and so clearly. I wondered what that collaboration was like on this film, or was it just Park Chan-wook at the center taking care of everything? Yeah,
1: I mean, normally, I mean, cinematographer... uh,
0: Normally, I I would assume, but, but yeah.
1: But the thing is... I mean, after I finished that sequence, I saw it for the first cut of the sequence in the, bi- in the beach. I was like, wow, this is so bad. I just, I dropped the ball. I, I ruined this film. This, is, this doesn't look any good. I mean, this can't be the scene for the climax ending sequence for this film. So I was like so disappointed. But after that, the VFX team, they put beasts On top of it and corrected some of the things we didn't want to see. And after the, after that, we have the color correction to make everything matches. And after that, in the end, we had sound, the wave, sound of the wave was so good. So in the end, the sound matched everything. Sound make everything believable. Mm -hmm. So it was like, great, great. Remember, it's all about collaboration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, always. And it's so fascinating in this film, though, to think how separate your departments were because the sound plays such an integral role. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful in this film.
1: Well, when you when you look at the shot you did and you, when you don't like it and when you feel like, oh, this is not working, the next thing is you expect the sound. Sound will cover everything. Yeah. <laughs> or music.
0: Yeah, it's magical to me the way that sound evokes so much so quickly. But I adore this film and I adore all the work that you're doing as you're putting together these large scale sets. In terms of the color in your shot versus in color correction, I'm just curious... How much collaboration you do with color correction on a film like this?
1: Yeah, I've, I've been working with this color, um, colorist for 10 years. So she knows what I want. I, I mean, we have like a way of working. We spend, normally we spend two weeks doing crazy stuff and always go come back to basics. <laughs> That's the thing. And one particular thing about this film was like we picked all the costumes and you know the famous wallpapers, like really had put so much energy and mm-hmm. so much time on it. So we, we don't want to mess with it. We have to have it because that, that's how we want the film look like. But we we still trying to give some nuance underneath it. So we put a lot of colors on the shadow area. It doesn't really shows, but gives you atmosphere. Mm-hmm sometimes blue sometimes purple sometimes green all that yeah. so just try to give it neon that was it
0: that's interesting because the colors do feel very understated and very dull in certain spaces mm-hmm. in the film i mean
1: i think it should be that way for this film mm-hmm. uh, we thought
0: yeah so it's very clearly a noir it very much has that feeling and so being released in Noir November is such a good timing for the release, too. But I wonder if, also for you personally, what are some of the things that have inspired you visually within this genre of noir?
1: Yeah, influences, I can't really say one thing. I mean, it's been like accumulated.
0: Yeah.
1: All the books, all the films, all the paintings, photos I liked.
0: Do you have uh, a favorite?
1: There's, there's so many. <laughs> so many, I can't really I mean every time someone asks me, I can't really pick one. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of those. But but for this one, maybe I'll say we get this from like I mean I, I, don't, I still don't want to pick one film, but from the old films, old films that, that we liked everything. I'm a big fan of French noir mm-hmm. like Jean- pierre Melville. Uh, also Hitchcock and Antonio I think mostly we get influence from those directors and their films. But this I mean from my end, I'm not talking about chan Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Obviously. I wouldn't ask you to speak for other people, but <laughs> I do appreciate your answer very much. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you and have a good weekend.
0: You too. Take care. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, And I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at omnibus ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.